there's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of August, 2008. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and download as many of the talks I've given in the past about this system in which we live, the all-encompassing system which is taking us into what they've called themselves at the top, the New World Order, and all that it entails, and it is all-encompassing a whole new world with even new types of humans at the end of it. Quite the adventure for those who plan it and hell for those who go through and are pushed through and all those that follow. Also look into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download in the various languages of Europe. And yesterday I was on with Alex Jones on Genesis and there was a thunderstorm started about the exact time I went on the air and knocked out the satellites and it rampaged on for hours and with an incredible deluge came down with it. They've been spraying, of course, like crazy in the morning. You know, this, these new skies we have with the new clouds and all kinds of varieties of them, quite artistic, some of them. And uh, the thunderstorm came on, lasted for hours and hours and hours, cleared up for about an hour in the evening, hour and a half, and then and it came again and rained all night long. Now it's back to spraying like crazy and these polymer-type, wispy, long-stranded clouds interspersed with, with the, the chemtrails from the jets. You know, this big air force, this global air force that no one takes possession of. They claim that it's just uh, our imaginations or they whistle in the wind and answer us with nothing. That's how the big boys react to this. No major media is going to talk about this because it's too important for the agenda. And it's nothing to do with saving the world from global warming, as some of the front leaders who've been put out there to, to guide the public into their opinions are trying to tell you, are trying to tell you what it could be to save us from global warming, which is a farce in itself, since we haven't had the higher temperatures for the last 10 years. We're in a lull now, in fact. But that doesn't matter, because fact has nothing to do with the agenda the agenda is to bring the planet down under control, blame the public for the weather changes which the aircraft are causing, along with HARP technologies, and we must be guided into the new system, the new system. Remember that the Club of Rome put out the book in the early 70s, The First Global Revolution, to do with this agenda, and they took credit in their own book for dreaming it up, basically. They dreamed it up. Unite the world under a system, under, under a cause, a wartime type of cause, where we all work together for the same end, to save ourselves, and man would be the enemy of the planet. That ties in with Gorbachev and what he said about creating a new Earth-type-based religion, and it must be so. We will all be subservient to the new high priests, the front men, the scientists, who can tell us all kinds of gobbledygook, 
and look us straight in the eye and wear the white coats, and you're already conditioned to believe them. Everyone's conditioned to believe the, these characters who keep changing their theories about everything all the time. Charles Fort wrote about these scientists, and his, and his whole life was dedicated to trying to get people to think for themselves. And he gave alternate theories with science, not claiming they were true, but just showing you how farcical theories are in the first place. You can either prove it or you can't. If you can't prove something, it's someone's guess. These guesses are running our lives now with authority. And we've got to start fighting back while we can. I'll be back with more after this break. by Disney 
Pixar, a movie called Wall-E, Wall-E. Interesting, I always love walls and the E, of course. And it's for all the family, using computer animation and classed as an adventure, comedy, romance, sci-fi type movie. To sum up very quickly, it's a story of greening and transhumanism. It's set in the year 2805, and all human life is living on board a spaceship. Planet Earth was evacuated 700 years ago in 2105 because it was too polluted to sustain any life. Robots are left on Earth to clean up the mess, while humans live temporarily in space. At the present time, 2805, only one robot remains on Earth. The others have broken down to do all the cleaning up. The robot is called Wally and has been active for 700 years. Over that time, it's evolved. It's loved. Even robots can evolve, you see, with this scientific theories. And has now got emotions and is sentient. Now, that's practically the definition of human. What is human? Anything that shows human emotion, etc., and, 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 and sentience must be human. That's their, basically their definition. And we saw that in the movie, too, called Artificial Intelligence. That was their point. It says, a new robot is sent back to Earth to check on the progress. It's called Eve. Oh, gee, Eve. And it's scanning the plant to see if any vegetation is growing back, to see if humans can eventually go back to live. A love story develops between these two robots. You know, they could get people crying with, with anything. Two sausages dancing would do it if you gave them the right story. We'd all be in tears if you give them human attributes. That's what really these cartoons are for. Another interesting thing about this movie is the economic system on place on Earth and on the spaceship. There's only one global corporation that controls everything, including government. The CEO is called Shelby Forthright, and he's also the president of the planet Earth. The global corporation is called, by and large, and its logo is an acronym BNL. When you look at the logo, the N is very small, so it looks like BL, maybe a reference to Bell or Bow. And then this writer goes on to explain what else it could be. The one global corporation controls all industry and consumerism. The societies are controlled, society run and keep and kept in order by robotic technology. All the humans are fat. There's are sort of adult type humans. This is, the, this is the point of it. And move around in hover chairs and have robots as servants. The humans have hollow screen projected around their face, which acts as a computer screen, and they live in a virtual reality 24-7. The spaceship is called Axiom and is controlled by autopilot. There's no intervention by the human captain. He's out of the loop. The audience in the cinema who watched this movie, where this writer saw it himself, really enjoyed it and there were many laughs. All age groups were watching this from adults down to wee tots. And I could see that they were completely mesmerized by the storyline. And that's how cartoons and these types of New types cartoons brainwash the people. They say they could literally give you two sausages dancing together and give you a romance and a, a tragedy. One of them would die or gets eaten. We'd all cry about it. I'm not kidding you. It's just amazing. Basic behaviorism. They found, for instance, that if you put two eyes on a balloon and put it next to a baby's crib, it'll start gooing and gang and see that balloon as a person. So we're treated the same way. And that's how we see cartoons. We get conned into thinking that little drawn characters are real. And it works. It works very, very well. You know, I can remember 
seeing the, one of the Disney movies with Bambi in it and the Thumper the Rabbit. And I thought at the time, how crazy, because deer and rabbits don't speak to each other. And here it was, they were speaking to each other in English with an American accent. And I was living in Scotland at the time. It was also bizarre. But that's how they give human characteristics, because they already planned to elevate all the animals above the people, and eventually one day to get you off meat completely. That is definitely part of the agenda. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. Here's an article from Britain that's important too. See, the whole idea, if you look at this agenda from before the days of Albert Pike even, including the statements made by Albert Pike, the Pope of Freemasonry, and look at the Communist Manifesto, then you look at the various manifestos by it, like the Club of Rome or the Rockefeller Foundation, and you find that they want to eliminate private property altogether. Uh, Bertrand Russell talked about this as well, and you find it in the habitat uh, write-up they have at the United Nations on human habitat areas. There'll be no private property. You can't. You see, if you have no private property, you feel helpless and apathetic and worthless and slave-like, and that's what they're trying to do, create that impression. So here's the mail online, and this is the 20th of July, 2008. This is another 1,000 laws that will let the state into your home by Simon Walters. The march of Big Brother State under Labour, that's like liberal, was, that's very liberal indeed, isn't it, was highlighted last night as it was revealed that there is now 1,043 laws that give the authorities the power to enter a home or business. Nearly half have been introduced since Labour came to power 11 years ago. They include the right to invade your home to see if your pot plants have pests and do not have a plant passport if it's imported. That's passed in 2005. Survey your home and garden to see if your hedge is too high. That comes under the Anti-Social Behaviour Act 2003. Here we are with a Scanarian idea, you see. If you've got a high hedge, you're being antisocial. They can't see what you're doing. And if you're an honest, good citizen, you should show the public at large what you're doing, shouldn't you? Check that accommodation given to asylum seekers is not being lived in by non-asylum seekers. That's the Immigration and Asylum Act, 1999. Read a house to see if unlicensed gambling is taking place. It's interesting that, that thing, if you get a license, you're allowed to do something that's otherwise illegal. If you pay money and get a license... Now it's legal. Isn't that a strange little theory? Siege fridges, refrigerators without the correct energy rating. No kidding. That's from the Information Energy Information Household Refrigerators and Freezers Regulations Act of 2004. The rise in clipboard-wielding state inspector flies in the face of repeated pledges by ministers to curb the power of bureaucrats. The full extent of the state's power of entry is revealed in documents slipped out quietly by the government last week. The information was posted on the Home Office website. But in a highly unusual move, the computer file was locked to prevent it being copied or printed. A secret Home Office password was required to access the file. A Home Office spokeswoman denied the restrictions were an attempt to stop the state's powers being circulated more wildly. She claimed it was a mistake and the file would be unlocked tomorrow. Some 420 new powers of entry are the products of laws introduced 
since 1997. A further 16 are in laws due to be approved by Parliament in the next few weeks. A recent study by the Centre for Policy Studies think tank warned that the proliferation and a variety of such laws mean householders can no longer realistically be aware of their rights and legal obligations. Well, that's exactly the point of it all. That is, however, new powers set to be approved by Parliament include inspecting for non-human genetic material, for looted cultural property, that's for your computer, from Iraq, and for undeclared carbon dioxide. Undeclared carbon dioxide. That's when you're breathing too heavy at certain times of the night. Be back with more after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, just showing you of the techniques that are being used now across the world. That isn't just Britain. You're finding the same laws passed simultaneously in all British Commonwealth countries and through the U.S. as well. The U.S. is very good at hiding them or calling them other names, but it's just the same laws that are being passed to bring us all under the magnifying glass, basically, make us feel that there's no such thing as privacy, and to get us to accept it, to make the slaves quite happy being slaves. And, and they keep telling you if you're anything you hide, you know, you know, that's the only reason you could keep information back from governments, agencies, if there's something to hide. No, the whole point is government agencies always become totalitarian in their aspects, and this is just repetition. Only this time it's the biggest tyranny of all as they come into every facet of your life and have planned this stage for so many years that it's imperative they pull it off. They can't go back now. They can't go back at all. Or they lose completely. And they're not going to risk that. They'll, they'll use any means possible to keep this going to the bitter ends. And it's not going to be a pleasant business. You know, they've used fear down through the ages. Fear changes your, basically the chemistry of your body. When you're under sustained fear and your adrenal glands keep going, it stresses the body and organs start to basically break down. You also leach different minerals and vitamins through your urine, you excess of them, which further intensifies the run-down feeling the tiredness you get. These are the same kind of things that happen under torture. It's been well studied. And Guantanamo Bay and all these other places they have across the planet, they've got lots of these places across the planet. They do these tests all the time. They find out how to, how to simulate that in the general populations and make them run down and tired and lethargic and sick. It makes them easily managed, especially during these times where it's imperative we be easily managed because the world that they're bringing us into is a hell on earth. And if we were fit and active and our minds were working properly, you'd have a hell of a job bringing it on. This is from the Telegraph. 
Tuesday the 5th of August 2008, and it shows you something that's being repeated again for those who know a little bit of their history. Most people don't know history whatsoever, even recent history. It says, Italian mayor bans gatherings of three or more people as soldiers hit streets. Now, this is to be used elsewhere across Europe and the Americas. It's all part of the Terrorism Act and so on. As soldiers prepare to be deployed on Italian streets, a city mayor has been accused of fascism after he passed an edict banning groups more than three people congregating in parks and public gardens. It says critics have complained that the sight of gun-toting soldiers on Italian streets will have a negative effect. The anti-gathering laws were enacted as thousands of soldiers were due to take to the streets of Italian cities for the first time on Monday under a controversial move by Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi to fight crime. He's always fighting something. It's either terrorism or crime or, or whatever. Massimo Giordano, a member of Italy's anti-immigration Northern League Party, defended the anti-gathering motion and claimed it would cut down on unruly behavior. Now remember, they talked back in the 50s even about the multiculturalism they were going to introduce into society and the immigration quotas they'd have. Do you realize in Canada, it was printed in the Toronto Sun back in the early 90s, uh, the immigration quotas for Canada, 97% were to be non-white. That was from the government. And it had been for years. And you already say, well, why? Why was that? Well, they were setting up the chessboard for the times to come. They now call it there's terrorists within you. They could not bring down societies as they stood back in the 60s and 70s. They created multiculturalism to give themselves the right and the it makes it more plausible there could be terrorists living amongst you from other countries. That's why they did it. They've done the same thing in Italy. It says, however, opposition councillors said it was reminiscent of Benito Mussolini's edict of 1920s, which banned groups of five people or more. The ban will not affect courting couples who flock to parks and gardens in the northern Italian city of Novara, where Mr. Giordano holds power. But if anyone is caught in a group of three or more, they face a fine of 500 euro, that's 350 pounds or about 700 dollars. Mr. Giordano said that the edict would ban gatherings in a bid to protect public decorum, whatever that is, and prevent damage to public parks and gardens from people who gathered in them at night. Navarro, which is a population of 100,000, is not seen as a particularly crime-ridden or violent city, but the mayor passed a law after several elderly residents complained of noise. <laughs> so, so you turn out the army because there's a bit of noise, right? He also banned the consumption of alcohol at the city station after 6 p.m. and closed an immigrant cultural center. So this is them stirring it up, getting ready for the infighting they'll have across Europe. They've already had it in France and other countries over the years. And they certainly have given leaders too is that it's an interesting little thing if you really study who leads the various immigration groups within the countries for different sections of society and immigrants I guarantee you the secret services put them there that's what they generally do and you'll stir them up at the right time as they've done already in other countries including England in the past back with more after these messages You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Before the break, I was talking about how they set up the chessboard for conflict to come down the pike in the future, and the future is here. That will be used shortly to, to get everyone at each other's throats and, and start the scuffles and the fighting and the finger pointing and the blaming. And meanwhile, that's not the point of it at all. The point is to, to legitimize the use of force against the entire population of each country as they all go through the same thing at the same time. That's the purpose of it. You could not have troops in the street without at least something plausible, some plausible excuse to do so. And if you're a well-behaved, uh, old-type cultural society with nothing much happening, except the usual crime, it's hard, to, it's hard to legitimize putting troops in charge of subway stations and streets and stores and all the rest of it. This doesn't, doesn't wash. So that to give us the possibility of it. And I always warn people of all cultures, don't follow your leaders. They're supplied to you. They're supplied to you, and they'll get you into trouble at the right time. They'll set you up for a fall. They're very good at giving us our leaders, and that goes for everything in the system. Now, we'll go to the, the callers, and we've got someone from Florida. Florida's got Big Toe. It's called Big Toe in Florida. Are you there? Yes, Alan. Good evening to you. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, I'm going to refer back to your show you had a caller on on friday night <clears throat> excuse me uh from pennsylvania where he was talking about the walden interstates and the off and on ramps yeah uh i'm originally from williamsport pennsylvania where they play little league world series and i noticed uh back in the early 80s that in that area and i haven't seen it nowhere else in the country uh in that area on all the signs they had orange red blue uh green detour signs yeah and nobody could define that for me, even a friend of mine who worked for the Department of Transportation. Mm -hmm. And briefly, I heard Jordan Maxwell mention it, that it would be for the time when the foreign troops are in this country that may not be able to read English or what have you. They would just follow these number or colored signs. Uh, do you have any information on that? Yeah, it is true. They were using them for the military exercises as far back as the 70s. And, and definitely through the early 80s onwards, and they've been bringing in troops from uh, European countries, and then after the Soviet Union merged with us, which is what really happened, they've been bringing Russian officers even into Canada. There's base Borden in Canada where the Russian officers uh, were based, and they even took their, their laundry into the dry cleaners in town. They didn't, they didn't trust the, 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 the base laundrettes to do their, a good job of their uniforms. They're rather snobbish, these guys, and well-bred and very, very wealthy. Of course, all the elite of Russia were uh, wealthy right through the Soviet era. And uh, they used these on their maps. They were given maps with uh, color coding on them. And I asked some of them at the time, uh, you know, what they were here for, and they said it was to learn our, so our civic laws, the civic laws of, of the countries, and they go back to teach their own people the civic laws. That way the officers would all know how to manage their, their, their troops when they brought, they ever had to bring them in under, under NATO or under the United Nations. I so see. that's what it's for. Yeah, they get maps with the color codings on them. I see. Okay, hmm. thank you. I have one more question for you. Can you give me a brief definition of the uh, esoteric triple six trinity, please? Uh, you can't get a brief one because okay. it's one of the highest. I could do a, a book on it, though. 
I have read your book, and but it's yeah, just, I could do a book on that alone. <laughs> yeah, it's vague to me right now, and I can't remember exactly what was stated in it. Okay, and then, well, again, too, uh, it's quite simple. Go to Revelations, you'll find it right there in the name. Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay. And you have a good evening. You too. Bye. And we've got Andrew in Canada. Are you there, Andrew? Hello, Andrew? Hello, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. I guess, yes. Um, Alan, when I'm speaking with people, I get the question most frequently, the same question you do, you know, what can I do, which says a lot about uh, state of mind. But I, I guess what I want to do is help remind people that uh, they have to develop the courage to get a voice and, and, and to stop providing support, as you so often point out. None of this is possible without our, our consent and without our support. Mm-hmm. And perhaps as an example to look at, um, the one people that managed to repel the Roman invasion, and, and that's the Scots. The reason behind Hadrian's Wall being built was that the, uh, the Romans couldn't do it. Yeah. The, uh, the Scots had a level of courage that was able to resist the invasion when, when literally no one else could, and so perhaps that's an example people can use to, to look at historically and, uh, and take heart and take courage with what we face today. Yes. I think what it is with most people, even if you can, which is it's probably impossible to give them a complete education in what's happened, and it is rather overwhelming even when you do understand it, but the fact is every step and everything that they do to us, they need us to, to comply and acquiesce to it, and we can stop it. Now, we have no choice. See, that's just it. It's not a matter of political choices here or something like that. It's way beyond politics. This is... Our, our very existence, our life we're fighting for here. These characters plan to cull us down quickly. They're also already doing it in other ways through disease creation and, and poisoning the food and all the rest of it. That is deliberate. There's no doubt about it. And the spraying in the skies and uh, the cancer is going through the roof. The fact is, you see, we have no choice. The eugenics movement have published all their studies themselves. We find that the United Nations and all the other big boys who work for the United Nations are in league with them, the, the, the non-governmental agencies. They're all talking about massive um, drops in population to sustainable levels, which they have decided upon, and we have not been consulted on any of it. In fact, we are targeted as the enemy in their books. This is not, see, there's nothing secret anymore. It's out in the open. This is not a conspiracy. These guys mean what they say and right down to forced sterilization, etc. We can't, we have no choice but to fight this. I think perhaps the most horrifying thing I'm running into, though, is the number of people that have bought off on the idea of overpopulation. They're all have to do this. And all I can say to them is, well, lead by example. And lead yes, and David Suzuki and others, these, these great people that have put up, been put up there to lead the minds of the public, because that's what their job is, who is a geneticist himself who works for the World Wildlife Fund, they've already talked about massive culls in population. Um, uh, he's, he's a good example. He said on CBC television a few years ago that we'd have to kill off about 140,000 a day to save the world. Uh, this guy who loves furry little animals. So uh, these, are, these are rather evil people here, and they've been put up there uh, to guide the public. We like heroes. We like familiar faces. And he is exactly the same as Jacques Cousteau. Cousteau said the same thing in an interview to a major magazine about killing off major segments of the population to save the world. 
Um, but in reality, these guys are very, very crafty monsters who hide under the guise of environmentalism. We've got to realize this. Yeah. Well, absolutely. In, in fact, Suzuki refuses to debate his opponents in public. He knows how soundly he'll be uh, destroyed. Uh, yeah. And so he won't, he won't even meet his opponents in public. Uh, the man is as yellow as yellow. Oh, absolutely. And, and Suzuki also um, made his name, supposedly, although he was picked and put up there. No one makes it up to that level without getting chosen and, and picked and made to be a star and a spokesman for this whole agenda for the Canadians. His thesis basically, when he first came out to his students, was on fruit flies. And his statement was, we're all the same as fruit flies. And, of course, they were doing experimentations with fruit flies to see if they could sterilize them. What an interesting... Alan, you also say, you know, we can't hide this from the children. I haven't hidden it from my daughter. Uh, she's 11, and she wants to say something, too. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to give her the phone quickly. Sure, go ahead. Hi, Alan. Hello. Uh... Sometimes I get, sometimes I fight with my dad a lot, so what do you think I do, could do to not fight with my dad? Yeah, when we talk about this stuff, I don't think uh, yeah. we're going to waste Alan or other people's time with that one. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I understand, understand. It's a hard thing for a child whose instinct is to trust. You see, the trust is built in. It's a survival mechanism for children. They trust the adults, the parents. And, but they, unfortunately, they also trust those who appear the same way, those who are put up in respectful positions above the parents. And with their, their indoctrination at school, which is an agenda, it's, it's nothing to do with giving you uh, an education in truth. It's a political, mind-altering agenda to make you comply with the changes that you're supposed to grow up and, and experience in your life. This is the thing you're being programmed, you see with your education, and they're using emotion and only selected topics and partial parts of truth to influence your mind and give you your, your perceptions. They must give you the whole truth for you to make a, a legitimate um, decision on something, and they're not going to give you the whole story on anything. Do you, do you understand? Mm -hmm. Yes, I understand. I understand. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And that's why you must go in and try and have patience with, with your dad too, and try and get the whole story on each topic uh, that, that you start to fight over. And you'll find when you're, you're given all the other parts of the story, you, you'll have a different perception uh, about the whole thing altogether. Okay? Okay. I'm well, thank you, Alan. We'll let you go. There's other, other callers, and uh, we'll talk again. All okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for calling. <laughs> And that's the sad thing. Your children trust. And remember what Bertrand Russell said, Lord Bertrand Russell? He said, the scientific indoctrination we can give them from kindergarten and early school onwards will overcome, overcome the parental inputs completely. And that was, he was talking way back before the 1950s on that particular subject. And the idea is to make the child think that what do the parents know? You're just a parent. But the teacher is something special. Therefore, they listen to the teacher, and they're given all kinds of, uh, of videos to watch, etc., about nature that makes them think in one direction, but they're not get, getting the whole picture at all on any particular topic. Now we've got some... Um, is, it, is it John in Canada? Hello, Alan? Yes. 
Hello, Alan. How are you? Not so bad, yeah. I wanted to uh, bring something to your attention that I recently became aware of, something called the Mobile Mental Health Units. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, they're in four cities here in New Brunswick. They're in Fredericton, Bathurst, St. John, and Moncton. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you had a comment on these or if you were aware of them. I, I, I'd heard that they were coming in uh, for sure. And, uh, of course, it's all to do again with all these new uh, classifications of mental illness that they keep ramming through about half a dozen new ones every year. And uh, you see if they can get the, the, the public convinced that probably not everyone's mentally ill. In fact, I've said this to the American Psychiatric Association that anyone who believes in any old values of family, etc., or religion or stuff like that must be mentally ill and they must be made to be seen to be mentally ill. Uh, that's part of the whole thing. And today, with the stress being built up uh, with unemployment going on, except, especially in certain areas of Canada, they've deployed a lot of these mobile units to supposedly take care of the fallout and the stress uh, and all of the domestic problems that come from it to the fighting, etc. And their, their job really is to get everyone on the various medications and put under the wing of the mental health service that will then start guiding their lives for them and also to keep them from flipping out in society. Uh, um, they're trying to make people think that everything's still okay within society and they're trying to cover up the obvious consequences that otherwise would be visible by drugging people and making them very, very happy and smiley and, you know, out of it altogether. That's okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm reading an article on them right now, and it quotes that the team will be able to help treat the person on scene, help convince them to seek treatment in hospital. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah. like rapid response uh, mental health SWAT units almost. They work alongside with the yeah. police. That, that is correct. They are to work alongside police forces. Uh, I know that they've already done sort of pilot projects in British Columbia, and it started off, again, with the usual sort of semi-innocent way of going round to give out free syringes to drug addicts and, and all the rest of it, and now they have the, the police backup and mental health units going along with them in case some of the, the addicts flip out on scene or on site. So this, this again, is training the whole of society to, to get used to being the, the nothing safe. None of us are safe. You start to question yourself, and that's really what it's about. That, see, any one of us could be a terrorist. Maybe not today, not right now, but maybe in the next five minutes you'll flip out and become a terrorist. This is, is what they're trying to get the message across to us. We can't trust ourselves, and they want us to believe that. Yes. In the article it says it's a service to assist the police, and that's yes. directly to assist the police. It doesn't say to assist the public. Yes, there's also a drug now they're administrating. See, the cops start to administer a particular drug and inject people on site, and they're not qualified to do it, so there's a bit of a stink about that. So now these characters are over there to, to, to... So four cops will hold you down. If they haven't broken your neck with the one uh, with his knee on your neck, then they'll get the injection into you, and you'll be subdued with an uh, injection that really is a heavy, heavy sedative. It'll knock you right out. Um, as a second topic, Alan, um, I just became aware of the New Brunswick Emergency Measures Organization, which sounds really close to the uh, FEMA, or Federal Emergency Measures um, Act or organi- organization there. Yeah. And I was just reminded of the synchronicity and the, um, how, how the similar the governments are all becoming now. Everything is, is harmonizing to have, have these same acronyms, the same sounding organizations. Yes, and it, it's, it's, a, just, it's a model copy of Britain. See, Britain is the one that the whole world has to copy. They're so far ahead uh, of everyone else. 
and we've all to copy Britain with all their laws and all their agencies and all their various multi-leveled SWAT team types for different functions and all the rest of it. That's exactly what they're doing. And uh, th- this particular type of unit is actually across the whole of Canada, at least with their office uh, and set up and their communications <laughs> with each other. Now they're just going into the actual uh, putting out of the actual forces on the street now, and that's what you're seeing. Yes, I, I became aware of this because they declared a state of emergency in northeastern New Brunswick because of all the water, all the flooding that's happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's where I was reading an article and came across this organization. I never heard of them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, again, they set it back up years ago. They first brought it out in the in the 90s, before 9/11 happened, with these emergency setups to do with coming uh, man-made or natural disasters they called it because they knew they were going to manipulate the weather and cause all the flooding i mean this is this is what they knew they were going to do yeah. and they're using it they're doing it and they're doing it now um and in the article they were talking about basically a culvert collapse so they're st- declaring a state of emergency there's very little damage yes well any excuse will do yeah and they're, they're acting like it's a, it's a really big deal oh everything's a big deal now Everything's a big deal. That's why they gave us the weather channel, was to stop us thinking about weather, was to weather's forecast, and to start thinking about crisis. Everything's a crisis. There's going to be a little snow flurry for about two centimeters, and it's going to be a crisis. You know, uh, that's the whole uh, intent of the weather channel and everything else about us is to create this fearing of crisis and uncertainty about everything. Yeah. If, if I can, you can hold me over to the uh, the break, I really appreciate it. Alan. Okay, I'll be back with more after this break. Legitimate, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, and that standard procedure. Yeah. 
Well, there there was three of them, and they uh, they physically roughed me up, uh, handcuffed yeah. me, took all my possessions like that were on me, threw me in the back of the car, searched through my my uh, my person to f- find the ID, right? Yeah. And then they decided to throw this charge on me for not having a bell and bicycle, which is like a two hundred and seventy dollar uh, fine. Oh yeah, ridiculous. they go through everything to find what they could possibly do. Sure. Yeah. Uh, there was even a, a ghost car that was that pulled up, and there were spectators in it. There was people in it that were not identified. Yeah, what they're doing is practicing on the public. They do the same with the white vans. And there's been some incidents in the paper where they've stopped in front of cars or teenagers, dragged the teenagers out, put them down on the, on the ground, on the, the road with guns at their heads, and it's all practicing on the public. That's a fact. Yeah. I understand my, my rights quite a bit, and I was demanding to see ID from these, these individuals, and they wouldn't identify themselves, and so they didn't have to. Yet they were demanding that I identify myself. Yeah, in other words, uh, you see, technically... If this was a country where you were armed, you'd be allowed to fight back because you are stopped by what appears to be a bunch of terrorists. Well, and, yes, and you'd I, be quite right, they are. I was kidnapped. Yes, you were. If for, for only the moments that I was arrested and handcuffed and placed in the back of the car, but yet I was still kidnapped. And, the, and I can't even find record of it happening. They wouldn't give me a copy of the ticket I supposedly had, or there's no evidence that this thing even happened. That's right. That's, even you know, in that, the middle, these are the same uh, things that would happen in the Soviet Union. It's now uh, pretty widespread here now, too. And you don't know how, who these guys are. It, they could be there to murder you. You'd have no idea. And there'd be nothing, no records left. If they did murder you, they'd simply dispose of you, and there'd be nothing left of you anywhere. No, no evidence even existed. Yeah. This has happened on a little stretch of uh, road that didn't have, there's no one else on the road except me and these people who, who assaulted me. And this is in the capital city of, of New Brunswick called Fredericton. Yes, and, and of course that's a great place for all of this happening because all the cops with their biggest computers for the whole of Canada are centered in New Brunswick and a lot of the top training team teams are centered there too. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Thanks for calling. Have a great night. Good night. Now. now, remember I'll be on in an hour and a half on Alex Ansari. You'll find a link on my website for his show from Hamish myself in Interior Canada where it's soggy wet with all the chemtrails and spray and, and rain. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.